This is The Recap, a weekly reflection on the sermons of Fellowship Baptist Church in Mainville, Ohio, seeking to help you make Jesus essential in every aspect of your life. I'm your host this week, Ryan Land, and I'm here with the preacher of this week's sermon, Brent Wilson. Brent, you're coming off the the Apple event news. Coming right off of it. (laughs) New new iPhone coming. You can have it in 10 days. So I... I, I, Got a new button. (laughs) I made a list of small... Last week, I talked about having small talk questions to ask you and oh. i made a list of small talk no, questions. Oh, really i did oh wow but i'm not now, prepared now i don't need it because oh. uh the the iphone talk provided because the, we can't be talking segue. about that Bengals game oh gosh yeah i was tra- i was trying to do a a football free opening uh because i think it was like <laughs> well, we needed today i think like three weeks in a row i was like it's almost football season nothing, <laughs> football season's here and there's i have nothing good to say both my teams lost all my fantasy teams lost that's just bad all around. Hey, all I know is Cowboys defense scored 40 fantasy Man, points. Get that, get that out of here. Okay. No one cares. <laughs> no one cares about the Cowboys, uh, except me. So let us, uh, talk about the sermon. That's what we do. Not on the, the iPhone, not the iPhone. Let's right. talk about the sermon. That's what we do on this podcast. Okay. Uh, covenanting together to be radical in generosity, uh, covenanting together for generosity. Uh, and we got a lot of questions on this People want to talk about now, money. That's true, and that's why that's why Jesus talked about money so much because he knows it's, what it's, the people care about. It hits close to home. So we got lots of lots of questions. When you talk about money, you get lots of good questions. So we're gonna we're gonna spend not as much time up top talking about the actual text of the sermon. Yeah, just a little bit. Just a little. Just a little bit. A little bit. Just a little bit, and then we will uh, we'll we'll answer uh, some really good. Some really good questions, I, I think. So uh, first, just like as a as a pastor, as a preacher, hmm. I'm sure it's hard to get up there and give what amounts to sometimes like financial advice, like what it's like, you know, <laughs> that that seemingly benefits you and your job. Like it puts you in an awkward spot. And so, like, talk yeah. about that a little bit. Well, you know, it, it. I think it becomes really hard if you are doing it out of necessity. Because like the church can't pay its bills or something like that. Right. Yeah. It's like, Hey guys, we got to have this hard conversation. Y'all got to give because we're not, we're going to have to shut the doors. That's a really hard sermon to give and uncomfortable and all those things. Uh, it also would seemingly be uncomfortable for me and my kind of beliefs to give this sermon. Um, if I, you know, if it somehow directly benefited me as like, Oh, I'm, I get more money if y'all give her <laughs> yeah, something. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, Kind of like a prosperity gospel. It's like this guy's got a private jet and he's talking about money. That's yeah, it's weird. like or it's like I, here's here's all this this sermon about giving. If you want more finances, uh, you know from the scriptures, my book is in the bookstore. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah, that 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 gives me like the yeah. ick, you know. Uh, but you know, we have done a lot of groundwork in our church um, to I think remove the stigma. Yeah, around talking, we talk about it every week. Yeah, you know, for sure. Um, and, uh, and I, and I think also as when I try to look at my calling as discipling people mm-hmm. and, you know, I use this illustration toward the beginning of the sermon, like if you go to your doctor and you say, man, I'm, I'm feeling really sick. And he's like, okay, well, let's talk about your sleep. Let's talk about your diet. Let's talk about your stress. And the guy's like, no, I don't want to talk about those things. That's mm-hmm. not, I want you to fix me. Don't talk about my personal life. Doc's like, I can't do that. They're all connected. Mm-hmm. I think in the same way, if I fail to talk about hard issues, money and other things I'm failing as the, uh, discipler of the congregation. Mm-hmm. And so, um, 
you know, some people may not like it and people make them uncomfortable, but that's actually part of the work. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think about like, um, you know, if you leave mad or, you know, oh, he talks about money too much. It's like, well, that's actually revealing. And I'm hoping that the Lord would even use that in your life to mm-hmm. hopefully show you, oh, why am I reacting this way? Yeah. Maybe it's because I love my money too much. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I was listening to Tim Keller talk a lot about money the past couple of weeks preparing for this. And, you know, he, he points out if, if you break the other laws, it's obvious, you know, you commit adultery, you're waking up in someone else's bed. Like, you know, you did it. Uh, and so every law has an action that corresponds to it, mm-hmm. except for greed. How do you know if you've been greedy? How do you yeah. know if you've been materialistic? There's no particular action. I think if you're like Scrooge McDuck diving into a pile of money. <laughs> that might be it. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I think it's a great point. It's we're Because so, you can be poor and be greedy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, and so how do you know if you're greedy? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so, uh, in a lot of ways, it's when you are confronted with the opportunity to do something that's generous and doesn't benefit you and you're resistant and may even hurt, you know, yeah, hurt hurts. you. Yeah. Like, it's like, Oh, I want to give, but I don't feel good about that. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to do it. I feel, I feel like I have to or something. It's mm-hmm. like, well, those feelings are pointing out your materialism or your greed. Yeah. And I, I think something that's, I think, interesting about that, as you look at the world, as you look at the culture around us, you know, I think people for a long time have talked about, you know, that, uh, you know, the temptation to like sexual sin has mm-hmm. only increased in the last, uh, you know, 50 years, yeah. you know, be with the porno- rise of pornography with, uh, you know, just like sexualization in movies and TV yeah. and, you know, people kind of harp on that, but it's like, there's not been a rise in materialism it's stayed about the same like <laughs> people just like their money and they like their stuff yeah. and it's just it's just viewed as like okay yeah as uh as like and 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 good mm-hmm. like the pursuit of the new iphones out everyone go drop a thousand dollars and go buy it. yeah no exactly the the pursuit of you know material stuff money is is not it's not even just value it's not or portrayed as just like morally neutral mm-hmm. it's portrayed as a moral good right it's like mm-hmm. go make a bunch of money. It's right. Like, that, that's, but that's, th- that's flourishing. Yeah. But, and this is where it actually, it gets a little even trickier because I think I made this comment in the sermon that the biblical division isn't between poor and wealthy. Mm-hmm. It's between greedy and generous. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you can be super, super rich and that's not sinful. Money is not the root of all. Yeah, yeah. It's the love of it. And so it's like, are you generous to the level of that you have and you know me and Nathan were talking about this yesterday a little bit like you might make a million dollars a year that doesn't mean you have to live a million dollar lifestyle mm-hmm. right? you can make a million dollars a year and you can live on 50 percent of that mm-hmm. and still live better than most of us yeah and you can give away 50 percent and be still well off and yeah. so uh being wealthy isn't the issue the level of generosity you have or greed you have is the issue yeah for sure so let's talk about uh let's kind of just go through your outline as we do let's talk about uh, let's, let's, let's talk about the first fruit idea. You paired this with, with tithing, yeah. but let's talk about this first fruit language because it's like really deeply biblical language, like yeah. from the beginning of the Bible, Genesis four. Y- yeah. You see this <laughs> language and then you see it all the way through. And mm-hmm. so, uh, 
not only is it this biblical image of worship, right? Mm. But it also has to, is tied to our finances, right? What we're giving to the Lord. And so what, like kind of just go through that kind of biblical image, what you meant by that when it came to our giving. Yeah. And, and the reason I tied a little bit in the sermon tithing together is because the Bible seemingly kind of mm-hmm. interchanges those things a lot of times or talks about them together. Um, but yeah, you do see this, this I'm, I'm going to talk about this more later, but, um, you know, this idea, even tithing, uh, comes before the law. Uh, and so you see it in Genesis four with Cain and Abel and, you know, they're not working and bringing monetary bringing money. Mm-hmm. They're working and bringing their livestock or bringing their fruit, uh, what, whatever it is they're doing with their hands, uh, whatever their, you know, that the economy looks like at that point. Um, and so. Yeah, like so. I talked about how uh, God can't do certain things. Mm-hmm. Like He can't lie. He can't change. <laughs> do you uh, think? Do you think people were like? Uh, I think I, I said I've said that in youth before, and people are like, "What? God can't do something? What do you mean?" Yeah. Uh, do you think? Do you think that catches people off guard? I think. Uh, it, I think, I think sometimes, it can. I for sure can. Cause, but because even me, like, because people say the, God can do everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even me, like, knowing that intellectually, sometimes you just hear someone say that, and you're like, "Wait a minute." Yes, yeah, so he can. Yeah, he can. You tell my dad. Well, you tell me my dad can't do something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but what we're really saying is God can't do things outside of his nature, his character. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he can't change. Which can't is lie. good. Like, yeah. It's, we don't good. want him to be able to change. That's, 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 that's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's, yeah. that's, that's a thing of glory, of beauty. Uh, and one thing he can't be is second, right? To, I love this point, by to, the way. To be second would, would, would diminish who he is. It, it'd be, uh, uh, just he can't do it, right? Yeah. He is first. And that we can treat him. We can treat him. As if he is second. Yeah. But it makes us the liar. Right. right yeah, right. I thought that was a great point. And so as he's first, uh, the Bible uses that tithe language even as like it belongs to the Lord. It's his. It's all his. But like the, it kind of uses this tithe language as like this is kind of reserved for him. And so uh, in our first fruits, like we are bringing the first because he's first. Mm-hmm. Um, we're bringing the best because he's best. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is even kind of the issue with the money changers in the New Testament. Yeah. Right. Like these, they've turned the idea of first fruits into this racket system where mm-hmm. I just come in, I give a little bit of money, you give me a dove, I go sacrifice it, I move on. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not the intention. The point of this is like, hey, when I look at, you know, for us, it's we, you know, we get paid every week or whatever. But back then, it's like when I look at my, my income from my farm, the the amount of livestock I have, the amount of fruit I've grown, whatever a trade mm-hmm. I'm in. When I look at these things, however often I should do this based off that, you know, however, however long my calves are having babies or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what's the best that I have? And this is hard, right? Think about it. It's like if you're a farmer and now I've got to look at the very best of my livestock and now I've got to go kill them. Mm-hmm. And I don't even get to eat the meat, you mm-hmm. know? Um, uh, and so it's like I'm giving my best to God because God is the best. Yeah. Well. I even thought about this on Monday uh, because I made I made salsa with I used jalapenos from our garden yep. at our house and I pulled this jalapeno out of like our little storage kind of like where we keep all our, our veggies and stuff that we've been growing and it was like it was like bad like uh-huh. it was not a good jalapeno it was right. small and it was like soft and I was like I'm not and, and I threw it out so I'm not going to use this yeah. It's like I wanted to use the best, the best looking, the most yeah. full jalapenos for my salsa, and so yeah. as I was making that, I was like, "Oh, it's like it's like I wanted the first fruits for me." Yeah, you, for, you didn't give that first jalapeno no, to the Lord. No, I did not. I did not. <laughs> and it's a vegetable, not fruit. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just 
got it. <laughs> I think. I don't know if peppers are bad. I don't know. I think they are. Uh, but yeah, it's so. But I, I thought of that concept. It's like I look and I'm like, oh, this one's good. Yeah. I'm going to use that one for me. Yeah. For my salsa. It's yeah, like, yeah. this one's bad. I'm going to throw it out. But it's like, it, I could very, if, if, if it was a legal system where I had to, you know, give, you know, something as a sacrifice, clearly I'm going to be like, well, I'm going to put the good jalapeno in the salsa yeah. and I'm going to take the one that I can't eat to the temple. Right. And, and what it reveals about God's character, uh, that he is deserving. Yeah. And, and you doing that or the desire to do that is revealing something in your heart. Yeah. Right. That, well, I actually don't think he's best or deserves my best. I think he, I'm just kind of going through the motions because mm-hmm. I want to keep him happy on my side. Yeah. And, and so it actually reveals a lot about us. And this is why I think we have to have the conversation about money and preach on money is because it is revealing something about us, something that we need revealed in us that is so hard to see. You know, when you commit adultery, all of us are probably walking around very greedy, and materialistic and mm-hmm. don't realize and don't know it mm-hmm. until these things come poking at us and I'm like, Oh, maybe I need to work through that in my own heart. Yeah. And now I, I know we're going to talk about tithing a lot in our Q and a, is there anything you wanted to like expand on hit? Well, you know, from the sermon, when I came into this text, uh, prepare, I had two weeks prepare since, you know, you preached last week. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I, I spent a lot of, a lot of time reading, listening to other people talk about this because, uh, before the sermon, I would, uh, would have said, if you, if you would have asked me, um, you know, Brent is tithing, should Christians tithe? My typical answer has been, uh, it, it sort of still is, I guess like, like that's a, that's, that's your starting place. Right. But I'm more of a, a grace giver. Like, Hey, you, Jesus has come to us. Now we give out of the gratitude of, of what he's done. And, and that probably ends up being more than 10%. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but this idea of tithe, like, um, there's a lot of debate around whether or not it's a like a, a thing that still Christians should do, like particularly around the ten percent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think there's some. I'm not. Con, I'm, I think there's some compelling evidence that there that it is. And we'll talk about that here in a little bit. Um, but it, yeah, it just made me really think. Like it really, sh- whether it is or not, it really I think practically functions well as as the starting place. It's yeah. Like, it's like how much should I give? Let's just let's shoot for that ten percent. Mm-hmm. Um, so. One of the things I didn't talk about, uh, I didn't have time, but it is always fascinating. It's like, sometimes people say, well, should I tithe off my gross or off my net? <laughs> um, yeah. And, and I, and in some ways, I think if you ask that question, you've already missed the boat. Yeah. Right. Because you're, yeah, just, yeah. you're just trying to like, you're, you're being too you're legalistic tr- about it. You're trying to achieve the, the, I, the exact the amount like, yeah. And not a penny over. Right. You know? Right. Right. Uh, I think if you, if you're coming at that question genuinely, I think the answer is uh, is your gr- it's before the government gets yours, you're giving out of the uh, the untouched part to yeah. God. Yeah, the first fruits. Mm-hmm. Government doesn't get the first fruits. God does. Yeah. Oh, that's no, that's really good. Um, I think that's helpful to think through. So, yeah. Um, well, well, we got plenty of tithe talk coming later. <laughs> so if you're here for the tithe talk, uh, stick around. Uh, let's talk about stewardship. Um, and I don't know why, but every time we talk about stewardship or you talk about stewardship. I think about Jimmy Stewart. Okay. Like the actor. Uh-huh. That's like not the same, but I don't know. That's I think about Patrick Stewart. That's the picture that comes to my mind is like J- Jimmy Stewart. I don't know why, <laughs> but uh, what, what is stewardship? Why is it important? And how does it, how does it factor into our, our giving? Yeah. You know, stewardship is a little bit bigger of an umbrella. It's not just about money. 
it's about really all of life. Um, and I think it really is a principle that we have let go of. I don't know when this happened, um, but I don't think we understand it as a culture. Mm-hmm. Um, because really, as a Christian, you should be thinking about stewardship all the time about every aspect of your life. It really is like how you should think about ministry, like your mm-hmm. whole life being ministry. Um, and so I don't know if, if it's because it's a, a word we don't understand. Um, but, you know, I think the, the best modern day example is uh, a financial advisor who, mm-hmm. you know, whether they're looking after your 401k or whatever other uh, assets you may have, you know, it, you're entrusting. I think that's really the good word, mm. entrusting. You're entrusting your finances to this person who's going to do all the work. They're doing the research. They're looking at the market. They're look, They're getting stocks and bonds and all these things. They're moving your Doge money coin. around. Dogecoin. Dogecoin, yeah. If they're doing that, you probably should fire them. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're doing all that work in an effort to make you money. Right. And so, uh, you know, there are people in our church who do this. Right. Mm-hmm. And and if if you lose me money in the short term, like, hey, you know what? Like the market goes up and down. We're looking at the long term. We're looking at this investment. But over the long term, it's like, hey, man, we're kind of guaranteeing eight percent a year you're going to make or whatever. But if in a few years I come check in on it and it's like. It hasn't gone anywhere. Like, what are you doing, man? I'm, I'm in, I've entrusted this to you mm-hmm. and you've wasted this time. You've wasted what I've done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think in the same way, everything we own. And, and actually, I didn't use that language. I used everything we have control over. Yeah, yeah. Uh, intentionally. I don't know if anybody caught that. Uh, because I think about like your children. You don't own your children. Mm-hmm. But you have control over them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, everything we have control over is God's gift to us that we are to steward or manage or that we've been entrusted. It's been entrusted to us. And so we've got to do something with it. Why, why has God given us these things? Well, he's given them to us to enjoy them to glorify God mm-hmm. uh, and to use them for the good of others. And so is it wrong to enjoy time with your spouse or in your house or to enjoy time in a nice car? No. Like we are the, you know, the chief end of man is enjoy, to glorify God and enjoy him forever. So mm-hmm. like we should enjoy these things, but also they are to be leveraged and cultivated really like that word cultivated for the glory of God and the good of others. And so how are you stewarding God's children that he has given you to the glory of God, how are you discipling them? What about, and, and the big convicting one for me is time. Oh yeah. Right. It's like, you get so many minutes in the bank. Um, there was this, uh, like every, everyone's got the same. Yeah. yeah. You know? Well, there was this, um, uh, I think it was a show on black mirror. I don't really watch that show, but I, I think it's it was like clip. an episode of black mirror. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's like this clip of like everyone like on their hand or their arm or something. Had no, like it's a, no, 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 no. It's a Justin Timberlake movie. It, what, what is this? It's what called, am I thinking? It's of? called in time. Oh, and, okay. And the, the currency of the world is your lifespan. Yeah. And so there's this digital clock display on your arm. <laughs> and anytime, anytime you want to buy something, or you want to do something, it costs you, you time. It costs you time. Yeah. And, and you can get more, you can lose time, but when your time runs out, like these people come and, and get you and you die. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so, um, and, and, and it's, it's not a very good movie. I, okay. like, I mean, it came out like, I don't, I don't even remember like the early 2000, mid 2000s. Okay. It's not very good, but it is it, an interesting thought. It's like, what if we thought about everything like that? Yeah. 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 Because it's, it's true. Everything we do yeah. costs us time yeah. at the very least. Well, it's like, you think about a day, you have 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Really? You've only got, I don't know how long are we wait for 15 or something. Yeah. Uh, and so it's like, how am I using those hours? Mm-hmm. How am I using those minutes? Um, 
I've recently, I was talking to uh, the pastor, not right across our street, but just down the road a little bit in the gathering church. And he was talking to me about this, uh, this M seven thing that they're doing with um, his men's group. It's like, here's the seven things you need to focus on every week to make sure you're using your time wisely. And it was like Mm -hmm. master. So God, um, mate, you can spend time with your spouse, uh, mission, uh, and then it was like, those are kind of the top three. And then below that, in no particular order, was um, muscle. So you work on your body, mind, mm-hmm. you know, you're reading, you're, you're doing it. Um, and then uh, money and maintenance. So it's like, hey, we got to change the oil in the car. We got to cut the grass, mm-hmm. right? And so it's like, here, here's here's seven categories of, uh, and, and sort of a hierarchy of priority in the top mm-hmm. three there, of how you should be spending your time. But I think so often, we just kind of like, randomly go about our day yeah yeah and we've got and our calendars get so booked and full mm-hmm. and we've not stopped to think is this how i should be spending my time um at x amount of time given to sports x amount mm-hmm. of time given to um extracurriculars x mm-hmm. amount of time given to whatever you know yeah. watching movies sleep sleep right like um, there's a hate, there's potential you're oversleeping like, yeah, yeah. like people don't think that's true yeah. but it is i hate going to bed but i also hate waking up yeah I, I get that. So one, when thinking about time, one of the one of the things that I heard recently, and kind of goes back to your first fruits. It's this is maybe a little more literal than than mm-hmm. I mean it to be. But this this guy was talking about how uh, he has a principle is like no Bible, no breakfast. Oh, that's like I do not eat my breakfast. I do not feed my body I before my- I feed my soul. Ooh. Like Ooh, that's good. And, and so, and then another guy said, yeah, my, my rule is no, no Bible, no phone. Ooh. Like I don't touch my phone in the morning yeah. because, before I touch my Bible. It's like, because there's no text message, there's no email, there's no notification that's going to be more important than the revealed word of God. Ooh. It's like, so the most important thing you could read in the morning is not your notifications. It's yeah. not your emails. It, it's the word of God. And I was like, yeah. That's convicting. That one's helpful for me because I don't eat breakfast. Prince, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm covered. Yeah, yeah. I don't ever have to read my Bible because I never eat breakfast. <laughs> but the uh, but the Bible for the phone thing, man, that's a challenge. My yeah. should like, should yeah, like put that out there for sure. Uh, that's because good. I, of course that's the first thing you grab in the morning. But what if you read your Bible on your phone? Don't do that. <laughs> well, if if you want a physical Bible and you say Ryan, I can only read it on my phone. Send me a text. I'll buy you a physical Bible. <laughs> okay, there we go. Um, the other thing I think that is, and we kind of are hitting on it here is like time in our giving prayer. Yeah. It's, we're not just, you know, we're not just stewarding our money. We're not just doing our time, but our relationships. Are you, I think that's a huge one. Yeah. Right. Are we just sort of like talking about literally, literally anything under the sun except for the Lord and what he's doing and, and how he's changing us and how he's convicting us. And, and are we, are we stewarding our relationships for the glorification of God, for the, the increase of his people. Yeah. Your friendships matter. And how are you mm-hmm. pouring in and investing in your friends, mm-hmm. your spouse? Your yeah. Kids. Yeah. And so Absolutely. any, anything like, I mean, like you said, you have control over. Yeah. I think if you sit down and think like, how can I leverage this to mm-hmm. glorify God? Yeah. And it's, it's like, like, there's a way. Yeah. Yeah. You have a, uh, maybe you're like a great cook or whatever, or just hospitable. It's like, you've got mm-hmm. a, you've got a, a kitchen table. Yeah. And neighbors who love to eat. Mm-hmm. And the table is just waiting for ministry to have. How are you stewarding that kitchen table? Mm-hmm. For sure. So, so uh, last, let's talk about sowing and reaping. 
talk, talk, I'm not a farmer. Talk to me about, talk to me about <laughs> sowing and reaping. Yeah. You know, as I was reading about this, uh, it's just fascinating how it's like, Hey, this is actually just kind of a, a principle for all of life. You know, it's like, um, we expect sometimes to reap without sowing. We expect, man, I, I should get that promotion. I should mm-hmm. get a, a raise. I should, my, my marriage should be better. My kids mm-hmm. should want to spend more time with me, like, uh, mm-hmm. or whatever. And it's like, man, you, we have expectations of things that we've not put anything into. Yeah. We've not sown into them. Why aren't we expecting to get anything out of these things? So and in some ways, I think it's just a general principle for life that God has just kind of sown into the universe. Yeah. Uh, and then Paul, and Paul, not, not S O W N S E W N S E W N. Yeah. Yeah. Just to be clear. Um, and so, uh, but Paul in second Corinthians nine is applying that principle to, uh, our finances. Um, and you know, it's like, Hey, if you are, if you sow a little, you're going to reap a little, if you sow a lot, you'll reap a lot. Um, and particularly in this text, you know, when you read it, it's like, man, this sounds really prosperity gospel. Mm-hmm. Like you're saying, if I give more money, I'm gonna get more money. Mm-hmm. That's not what he says. He says the, you know, the idea is that the one who sows in generosity, mm-hmm. what his harvest will be increased. They'll have more. And he says, you know, we'll give, we'll, the one who supplies the seed will give more so that on every occasion you can, can be generous. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's really kind of that same idea of the talent. It's like, Hey, if you prove yourself faithful when you're just out of college and you're making no money and you prove yourself faithful in generosity and uh, prove yourself faithful in stewarding the things God has given you well then God will give you more for the purpose of continuing that same trend of generosity, even to greater levels. Yeah. Uh, Paul also writes to Timothy in, in second Timothy. He, he talks about how um, no athlete is crowned yeah. uh, without, uh, without playing by the rules or essentially like that, without competing according yeah. to the rules. And it's, it's the same idea. It's like no athlete wins by just like, cutting corners, taking mm-hmm. shortcuts, cheating, yep. you know, it's like, it takes the, the work is required mm-hmm. to be crowned. And yeah. in the same way, it's like to, to reap, you have to do the work yep. of, of, of sowing. Yep. And so we can't just, um, we can't just sit around and, you know, be like, I should be getting all these things. Right. Like God, why, why you should be, you know, blessing my life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> and, always getting on our phone before we read right, our Bible. Right, you know? right, right, yeah. So I, I, that's, that's a, a little bit of a trite example, but, but when we don't put in the work, when we don't, mm-hmm. you know, train ourselves for godliness, it's like, we can't expect for yeah God to, to show up and, and re- return on an investment that we've never put right, in. Right, right, right. Um, and, and, you know, he goes on there and he talks about how, you know, it will also increase our, our righteousness. Yeah. Um, dug into that a lot this week and um you know he, he's there's an old testament citation in there that kind of you go back and you pull on that thread and and really that idea of righteousness is is this picture of weaving the world back together mm. that's what keller talks about the way tim keller says is it's it's weaving the world back together and um and so the idea is that the money that you've sown in generosity toward the kingdom god is using and multiplying for kingdom advancement as god is making all things new and sewing the world back together. Yeah. That's EW, right? back and it's together. like, and it's like, you see that in acts, like as the church yeah, develops yeah, yeah. is like, you know, growing and sharing in all things. Yeah, right. Yeah. And it's like, that is the picture of yeah. the world. These people who were not the same race, not mm-hmm. did not speak the same language. It's like being sewn together as a yeah. people 
uh, that are being generous in in all things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and so I, I love this uh, this quote from uh, uh, William Carey uh, about Andrew Fuller, right? Like, mm-hmm. look, I want to do missions. Hey, you, hold, I'll go into the pit if you hold the rope. Yeah, and so it's like while we're all called to kind of do it all at times, maybe I'm not able to go on a mission trip, mm-hmm. but, but this guy is, well, I can hold the rope and send him, but there is a, there's an eternal reward there for my generosity because this guy got to go and preach the gospel and these people got saved. Well, part of my generosity helped that happen. Right. Yeah. And so, um, there is even a, my, my righteousness has increased in that, right? Like mm-hmm. in the sense that like I've helped sew the world back together. Mm-hmm. So taking part in God's mission. Yeah. 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 Uh, so let's let's just like briefly, you know, members. This is about membership matters. Uh, you know, this this whole sermon series has been about this proposed church covenant and what this means for us as you know yep. the gathered people. So talk about what this means like for our community, for our church, uh, what it means specifically for church membership. Yeah, I think the biggest theme that's run throughout all of these, um, and I've said it a little bit each week, but is the difference between being a consumer and being a covenant member. Mm-hmm. Consumers show up to a church to receive. Um, covenant members show up to the church ready to give. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the only real place we use covenant anymore is in marriage. Mm-hmm. Well, when your marriage is on the rocks, when it's struggling, do you go find a new one? <laughs> you're not supposed to. Some people do, but you shouldn't. What yeah. should you do? And what what do we instinctively do we feel? We fight for it. Yeah. Right? We fight for it. We work at it. Well, if I'm a covenant member of a church... That means the responsibility of this thing is on me. Mm-hmm. And so whose job is it to make sure the lights are on? Whose job is it to make sure we can pay ministers? Whose job is it to make sure that the kids have someone discipling them, that mm-hmm. the youth have someone discipling them? Whose job is it that the grass gets cut? And on and on and on and on. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the members of the church. Yeah. And so I'm not just showing up to receive. I'm showing up to be partakers of advancing this embassy that we call the church to, to spread light and darkness. Mm-hmm. And so the way this connects is that, hey, one, you're giving just because God calls you to and it's faithfulness and we give because God gave and all those things. But we're also giving because it's on my shoulders now. Yeah. I'm a member of this thing. I'm, I've linked arms with these people. Do, do you know when Baptists like really get this? Potluck? Yeah. <laughs> because you know what you don't, you know what you, most people don't do at a potluck? Just show up. Yeah. And like, I'm going to eat all the food. Yeah. You know, it's like, there's this responsibility felt, this duty felt that's like, I'm going to come partake in the feast. So I've got to contribute. But I'm also going to yeah. bring, you know, yeah. bring something for other people to eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, that's the same idea. It's like, I I can't just come in and eat everybody else's food. Right. I've got a duty. Mm-hmm. To, to like, no one's holding the gun to my head. No one's. And I know I don't know, have to bring like, all the food. Yeah. But I can bring part of it. And I don't have to bring the same food that. Yeah. Whoever else is bringing yeah. and doesn't have to be the same quality, but it's like we we I think we get that on yeah. a on a specifically Baptist level. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so uh, that just that just came to my head when you were talking about you know cutting that's the grass. Funny. That's a great it's application. Like, it's like that's that's like we get that. Like, yeah, you can't just come and just yeah, eat. For come sure. on, for sure. The the last thing I'll say about it, we can go on to questions after this. Is that I didn't get, I didn't get have time to pull this out, but when you look through that Second Corinthians nine passage, there's all this. Um, um, I guess second person plural language. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's we. It's us. It's your or it's it's y'all. Y'all, right? It, it's you it, all. It's plural. Um, and, and so it's like, okay, what's going on there? 
Uh, so in the backdrop of Second Corinthians nine is Paul has gone around. There's some need, some uh, that he's going around raising money for, and um, they've said, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna give." And so Paul's talking to them about that, um, and we're gonna give. We're gonna do that, right? This communal thing. And I think there's this aspect of you know sometimes we say, you know, I always intend to give, and I just never kind of get around to it. Well, I think if you look at the community of your friends. we're typically we're the average of them. We're not the richest. We're not the poorest. We're kind of right there in the middle. And we're always trying to live up to the standards of those that are just a little bit more wealthy than us. You know, they drive a little bit nicer cars, have a little bit nicer house, have things we don't have. And it's like, we're kind of always stretching toward that. And we're not giving because maybe we don't see that person giving. But if we live in a community of people who we're all being generous, then we, by nature of that are also going to be generous. Yeah. Um, And so I think, I think there's just this, like, how, how did it happen here in Corinthians? It doesn't tell us, but mm-hmm. probably what happened is, you know, they get a letter from Paul about this need and, and one guy's like, all right, guys, let's do it. And like, then they all like, yeah, let's all go. Let's one, do it. Let's get 1.5 Corinthians. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, you know, second Corinthians is actually fourth Corinthians, fourth Corinthians. There's what? actually four Corinthian letters. We only have two of them. How do we know this one's last? Uh, because of the way, it, well, we, it's either third or fourth. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, all right. Any any final thoughts before questions? No, before let's the go to the questions. All right. These are your questions submitted through the church app. And you can always do that uh, in, under the this week's sermon tab. Uh, so we got a, we got a couple going through here. Let's start with the pair. You 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 referenced the parable of the talents, yep. which comes up in Matthew and in the Gospel of Luke. Uh, so let, let's start there because we got a couple questions there. The, the first person asks the first question is, how is the third guy, the guy who buried the money, uh, how is it that his master gave him t- the bad thing is what the question says. And by the bad thing, they mean they threw him into utter darkness in which there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. Yeah. Like this guy gets a severe punishment. And so I think that's this the, 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 the heart of this question is like he didn't waste the money. So how is doubling the money a good thing if, if they're supposed to give the money to, to God is yeah. what the question says. So the parable here isn't teaching about giving. The parable here is teaching about stewardship. Yeah. So those are two separate the, things. I think it's important to note about this parable. It's not the end result that is the the problem, right? Mm-hmm. He doesn't celebrate the fact that the guy doubled the money and right. because th- th- those guys get celebration, both of them. Mm-hmm. The the guy that yep. the guy that doubled it and the guy that uh well, well, they both doubled it, but they, they started with less. It, but they started with less. Yeah. Um, but it, it's 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 about their action in the interim time. Yeah. Not the end result. Right. 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 And so, so this is not a parable about giving. It's a parable about stewardship. And I think the reason that the the last guy who does nothing gets punished, um, I said get fired, <laughs> literally, <laughs> fire. Um, uh, the reason is he didn't do anything. Yeah. Uh, like that's the problem. He, he was entrusted with something and, and he didn't even try. He didn't, he didn't even go put any effort and, and mess up. He didn't use wisdom. He didn't do anything. Um, and so it's like, you've, you've wasted this thing. I think it's, a, it's the warning to us is, Hey guys, make sure you realize that everything that you have is a gift from God to be, has been entrusted to you to be used and leveraged for the glory of God, the good of people for your enjoyment. And if you are not using that, it's like you've buried it in the ground and wasted a precious gift of God. Yeah, and it's and it's not even about money. No, like no, no. money, the talent. That's just the story. Is yeah, is a symbol. It's not even about investment. It's about yeah. leveraging. Yeah, stewardship. Like, like you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to look. I'm just, I'm just curious what 
the uh he's like you wick, wicked and slothful servant you knew that i reap where i have not sown together where i scatter no seed you ought to have invested my money with bank it's like you should have done something it's not like yeah. he's it's not like he's mad it's like that he had the same amount yeah it's the fact that there was a lack yeah, of at least give it to the bankers yeah where i'd get some interest yeah you know and so do, do anything yeah so when you translate that to your, how you spend time with your kids or your spouse or how you're leveraging your kitchen, your living room, your, your, your kitchen table, um, whatever. It's mm-hmm. like, <laughs> at least do something. Try yeah. something. Try something, yeah. I've given you this thing. Mm-hmm. Use it for my purposes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so st- sticking with the parable, it says, this, this person asks, what if in the parable there was a fourth person, so we've got an imaginary uh, fourth character, mm-hmm. who invested and lost money as sometimes happens wouldn't this make the one who at least kept what he was given look a little better Uh, so two things number one i want to say we got to be careful when we talk about parables not to stretch them too far right Mm -hmm. like not to stretch them beyond what the author is intending Mm -hmm. but i'll say this the point of the parable is cultivation Mm -hmm. Uh, and at least the guy that tried and lost everything was attempting yeah to cultivate now now, this isn't in the parable. I'm making this up, but maybe that guy tried to cultivate it, but he did it without wisdom. And so mm-hmm. he did it foolishly, mm-hmm. right? Like he went and bought a bunch of, what was the crypto coin you said a minute ago? The, uh, Doge the Doge coin. coin. He went and bought a bunch of Doge coin. Yeah, this yeah. is it. Right. So maybe he did it foolishly, um, but at least he tried something, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Um, and I think I think the master is, is a little more understanding, like, hey, uh, I'm not necessarily going to entrust you with more. But maybe I'll give you a second shot, give you something else, give you a second shot at this. And yeah. let's, maybe let's work on wisdom a little bit. Yeah. That's different than the guy who just did Jack Diddley squat. <laughs> yeah, I I, th- I think so. And we, I, we were talking about the previous answer. I thought I was even thinking if there were a character who tried something and lost money, I think he would actually be more commendable than mm. the guy that did nothing. Yeah. Um. So I, I don't think it would make the guy that didn't lose any money yeah. Look better. Yeah. Because uh, I think the master is not concerned with the return. Right. He's concerned with the action. Right. The 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 faithfulness to his command. Especially when you pull the, the parable out of the story itself and into yeah. the application. Mm-hmm. It's like, take your kids. Now, you might try to be the best parent possible and your kids turn out terrible. Mm-hmm. Some of that's on them, right? You, mm-hmm. you tried. Mm-hmm. You gave it your best effort. Mm-hmm. That's different than just like leaving your kids on the side of the road and saying, see you later. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, you, you zoom out of this parable, especially in Matthew, it's very clear. This parable, it comes after, uh, the parable of the 10 virgins, which is about the return of Jesus. It becomes, it comes right before Jesus talking about his own return. And so this parable is pretty clearly about what we do in the interim of our lives or before Jesus returns. And so he's yeah. the master Who's returning. And he has left. Yeah. And he's like, coming back. He's, right. And so it's like, we are in that interim time. Yeah. So yeah. like right now is the time. It's like, and, and he's not going to be worried about our good works or our, our final product. Right. He's not gonna be like, I gave you three kids and only one of them is going to church every week or yeah. whatever. Right. It's not, like, but the investment, the, mm. the, the obedience, the faithfulness to his, his command mm-hmm. is the, is the application here. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, uh, I had this question. This next question, I had this question too in the in the sermon, and so I'm 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 really I'm really interested to hear an answer. Okay. It says, "How do we reconcile uh, Malachi three ten, which is a scripture you read yeah. uh, in the sermon, uh, and Deuteronomy six sixteen, yeah. which says, um, do not put the Lord your God.' To yeah, the do test. not you, you, as you did in uh, a, and Manasseh, I think yeah, Manasseh, yeah, where where Moses uh, struck the rock, yeah, and wasn't supposed to." Uh, so Micah three ten, put me to the test. God's telling us. God says, put me to the test. Put all the food in the storehouse. Put me to the test. Yeah. Deuteronomy six sixteen. Do not put the Lord your God. It's to the a test. contradiction. The Bible's how, not true. That's how, what that's. <laughs> good night. <laughs> Have a good night. I'm waving. Um, no, of course not. So, yeah. so uh, a few things. Um, God never does this with other laws. Right? He doesn't say. Don't commit adultery and test me in this. You'll see it's really worth it. Um, yeah. But, he do, but God does do this with, with this for some reason. Um, I think maybe on one hand, because the consequences of adultery are quite obvious, um, while the benefits of giving are not necessarily mm-hmm. quite obvious. Um, and God is reminding them that if you give, I'm going to take care of you. So it's really an invitation of God to, to prove his faithfulness. Now, the don't test me passage in Deuteronomy um, one, so they're, they're different for a couple of reasons. One, they're two different words, the test, mm. two different Hebrew words. So, uh, interesting. Uh, that's really important. And he, in, in Hebrew and Deuteronomy, the word basically means tempt. Don't tempt me. Oh, oh, is this the text that Jesus references? It is. When, okay. It is same one. So, uh, so the people are grumbling because they're out there in the desert. They don't have anything to drink. They're mad. Um, they're doubting God and what they're trying to do is force God's hand into providing. They're trying to manipulate God. Mm. They're tempting God to prove his faithfulness outside of his timing. And so, yeah, you see the exact same situation when Jesus is tempted to be thrown off the temple. Yeah. The devil's like, Hey, throw yourself off here and see if God catches you. He's saying, the devil's saying basically put the tempt God to prove his promises on your timeline and not his timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, uh, in, uh, Malachi, it's a different word. It's not tempt. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's more, let me prove my faithfulness to you. Mm. Uh, uh, in the wilderness, they lacked faith and tried to manipulate God mm-hmm. here. God is really saying, uh, you have faith in me, but apply it to this area mm, okay. and see my faithfulness back. It's an invitation to walk by faith deeper. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, no, I think I think that's super helpful. Uh, one, even just knowing that they're two different Hebrew words, I yeah. think is is really important because that carries two different contexts. And yeah. so, I, I I think that's a, I think it's really helpful. So so the one response. in the wilderness, they're coming lacking faith and trying to trick and trying to manipulate God. Mm-hmm. The other, they're coming with faith, and God is saying, extend that faithfulness, yeah, further, yeah. your faith further, and I'll be faithful. Yeah, that's good. Um. And it's also, it's interesting, the Malachi passage kind of reflects a New Testament passage, Luke 6, 38, where Jesus says, give and it will be given to you. Mm. A good measure pressed down, shaken together and running over uh, will be uh, poured into your lap. Um, and so it's just interesting to me that that same idea in Malachi that some people might say, oh, that's an Old Testament thing mm-hmm. of, of test me and, I'll, and I'm going to give it back to you, mm-hmm. right? Uh, be faithful in a little, I'll give you more. You can be faithful in more. Mm-hmm. We really see repeated by Jesus and Luke, mm-hmm. um, give and it will be given. Well, what will be given? 
whatever you give, mm-hmm. um, which we're going to also talk about here in a second. Well, let's, so. let's, let's, let's go to that question next now okay. that we're on the topic. So uh, this person writes in and asks, uh, you mentioned a verse about reaping what you sow, which we talked about that a little bit. And they ask, so if you sow money, do you get money in return? And how is that different from the prosperity gospel? Yeah. Well, on the one hand, yes, this is a general principle for life, right? You want people to be kind to you, be kind to them. So kindness, mm-hmm. reap kindness. Mm-hmm. You want more money? Well, if you give money to the stock market, you're probably going to get more in return. Like you, was, maybe, you should, maybe, <laughs> but if you invest money wisely, yeah. uh, history's proven that you'll, you'll, you'll make more. So you, yeah. you reap what you sow. So there's a sense in which that's true. Now mm-hmm. is God giving you that necessarily directly? That probably comes really complicated because God's kind of in charge of everything. And, mm-hmm. uh, but this is a, that's a general principle for the world. But I think there is a sense in which like you could give, you know, you could be generous with your money to the church and not get financial blessing in return. Right. Certainly. Uh, uh, This is one that's, it's a little tricky, right? Because the point Paul is making is when you prove your generosity in little things, Mm -hmm. God, God will increase your harvest Mm -hmm. so that you can be generous on every occasion. Yeah. So you can continue to be generous. Yeah. Uh, And so the, the prosperity gospel preachers, they do a couple of things wrong. Number one, it seems like a get rich quick scheme, right? Mm-hmm. Be generous once and then you'll get rich and you can just go live however you want. Mm-hmm. That's obviously not the point. But the prosperity gospel preachers are kind of right. Their timing is wrong hmm. because those things will come to you just after a resurrection. Mm. Right. And so yeah, God yeah. Isn't, isn't promising temporal blessings right here, right now, but yeah. he is promising eternal blessings, mm-hmm. eternal rewards. Um, and a new creation. Mm-hmm. And so I think, I think that's even caught up on this, in this passage a little bit too. It's like, Hey, if you give, we'll increase your righteousness. You might not see all of the reward of that now, mm-hmm. but you'll see it on the other side of eternity. That's what yeah. I was trying to tell that story about Andrew Fuller. It's like, he helped fund all this mission work. He didn't go do it himself, but I think mm-hmm. one day he's going to, well, now he's dead. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, he, he is inviting into heaven. Those people whom his, his, the money that he helped raise and send yeah. Helps, helps he saved. Yeah. And so, um, so I think that's part of it, but I, I certainly think now does, is this a one for one? It happens every time. I, I, I'm not willing to say that, but is it certainly part of the system that if you are generous in your money, that God, that you prove trustworthy, that God gives you more money because he knows you're going to continue to be generous with it. Yeah. So I think that's certainly within the realm of possibilities and within the realm of mm-hmm. the context of this verse. Well, and I also think, um, not you talk about you know being generous and it it you know growing your capacity to be generous mm-hmm. may not mean it grows your uh your financial amount it may mean it takes your ability to be generous from maybe you're given 40 percent mm. oh to, yeah you know it's like you may have less money but your heart will gladly give 50 percent, 60 percent. maybe it changes your heart to where you feel like yeah. hey, you know i've seen this happen uh, I've seen a family, uh, it was in our church when I was a youth pastor, sell their house so that they could adopt it from China mm, and yeah. use the proceeds from the house to do that. It's like their capacity for generosity increased and they knew we need to make lifestyle changes. Mm-hmm. We don't need this big house. We're going to sell mm-hmm. it so that we can do this thing. Yeah. So it's like their, their pot of, of, you know, financial, yeah. temporal material things got smaller, but their p- capacity to be generous got bigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think, I think I think that make 
thing about it, like with percentages, I think is like helpful for me because yeah, yeah. it's like, I, I can, I just automatically, I think can tend to be like here. So like your capacity, I think just from years of, yeah. you know, hearing prosperity yeah, stuff, yeah. you know, getting oh, thrown yeah, around on super TV. Like, it makes me super like yeah, <laughs> uncomfortable. Yeah. 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 Um, but, but I do think that this is true. And I, I said, I think I said it this way. Like, this is the way most of you will probably experience this. Like the whole Malachi thing. Like if you like test me, give mm-hmm. and, and, and it, I'm going to, I'm a, pour out blessings on you mm-hmm. the way that probably often works out is that you give and you find out awkward weirdly like you didn't miss the money mm-hmm. it's like you think mm-hmm. on when you're budgeting it's like man this hundred dollars i'm really it's really gonna hurt mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. but then you give it and you're like i don't i don't even miss that like, i don't even think yeah but i think that's probably often how it happens and i think kind of to bring this 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 conversation a little a little full circle um is 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 that with with church membership is that when you're generous and you are lacking in something in some need in some you know whatever and you're you're faithfully covenanting with members of a local church like that need can very easily oh yeah be ratified yeah if if someone in our church came and said hey i can't pay my water bill or yeah whatever yeah what's like take care of they have to come to us right they could go to someone in their small group, someone oh, yeah, in their yeah, D yeah. group, yeah, someone yeah. in the church that they know is 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 yeah, yeah. has more is more liquid than they well, are. Here's right? what's fascinating: sometimes people will, some random people will walk into our church office and and say, "Hey, we need help." And these and you you see the same people over and over again, mm-hmm. and they're just in this perpetual state of mm-hmm. like I need handouts. <laughs> but they're and, bouncing around to the churches. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. get back to and us, and like yeah. we help those people sometimes, and we walk through that. Yeah. Um, but I'm like super hesitant, and like don't yeah. want to. And we want to help them in practical ways, right? Or right, right. Random cash, right? Right. Yeah, all those. Things. But if someone in our church came and said they had a need, yeah. wouldn't even hesitate no. for a moment. No. Right? No. Absolutely um, not. So. Yeah. And so it's like, th- there's another way, like even in just the way that we're increasing in righteousness, the world's being sewn back together. It's like your generosity. It's not that it buys you favors, but it's like we're in covenant relationship together. We're going to, we're going to share in all things. Right. We're going to lift each other up. All right. Lastly, tithe talk. Tithe talk. <laughs> uh, here, here's the question. I've heard it taught that the tithe was essentially an equivalent to a tax system because yeah. Israel was a theocracy. So it, and then they put parenthetically, essentially making the tithe an Old Testament concept that's not carried over to the New Testament. Is the tithe a number proposed to support a religious government? And how does that translate to giving to the church in modern times? Yeah, so things can be two things can be true at once. Uh, the tithe did function sort of like taxes do today, yeah. in the sense that they gave to um, the temple mm-hmm. and um, uh, that is supporting the work of the temple through mm-hmm. the priests and, and it's feeding them and all that. Because who's paying the priests? Yeah, right. Like yeah, your taxes, quote unquote, your tithe uh, is doing that. However, I said this earlier: the tithe is established long before any law, any mosaic law or anything is established. Mm-hmm. You see it in Genesis chapter four, you see it, Abraham do it, you see Jacob do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, and when Abraham does it, like there's this verse that talks about how like he is fulfilling all the laws that God told him, right? So God's just mm-hmm. like telling him things and yeah, he's yeah. doing them. Uh, and so, so I think on the one hand you have that, like it's established before the law. Therefore, when Jesus fulfills the law and however you think about that, like it's not undone. Mm-hmm. Um, Hebrews seven Hebrews is a, is a whole book about how we don't need to follow the laws anymore, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, seems in ch- chapter seven seems to indicate that as they tithe to the high priest, now we tithe to our high priest. Mm-hmm. Kind of seems to indicate that. Uh, Jesus affirms it. I, I read this passage from Matthew, like, hey, you guys tithe. And he says, as you ought to have done. Mm. 
Yeah. But you did not take care of the poor. He's not mm-hmm. saying take care of the, don't worry about tithing and go take care of the poor. So you should have done both. Yeah. yeah. Um, I want to be gracious here and say, listen, there is, this is a third tier issue. There's a room for disagreement on this within mm-hmm. our church. Like whether or not you think tithing very specifically, it's mm-hmm. a new Testament command and you should do it. Um, or you think you should be, you should grace give, right? You know, we're giving mm-hmm. out of the abundance. We should all kind of I'm do saying, that It's like, we should all give yeah. grace. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, not a third tier uh, issue. Well, I mean like giving out of grace, right? Yeah, giving yeah. out of gratitude. Uh, uh, but like, exclusively you think that and not the tithe you can think whichever one you want mm-hmm. um but i will say this if you're like a person who's like hey i think the tithe is gone but i think we give from the overflow of our hearts from what god has done for us you're probably ending up more than 10 percent mm-hmm. um sometimes that sounds to me like a like a wiggle way out of the 10 percent, like i can give less <laughs> but really that probably means more yeah i've heard i've heard uh uh our mutual uh friend uh once said uh, there was a time in the Old Testament when God required 10% of you. Now he requires 100. Yeah. And so, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's why I said the tithe is the starting place. Yeah. Um, so there, there's, there's nothing, I think there's nothing more clear than, than that. Is that <laughs> as we are to tithe to our, our high priest, yeah. like, but he doesn't just want 10% of us. Yeah. Yeah. He wants all of us. Yeah. The other thing I would say, and I read this and, I don't know what I think about this, but but m- multiple people I read said this. In Malachi, when it talks about bringing the tithe into the storehouse, they interpreted that storehouse as the church. Mm. Um, and then when you look at the Old Testament, like where are the tithes going? They're to run the temple. Mm-hmm. Well, today it would be to run the church. Yeah. So maybe I, I'm not like a hard and fast like that's it, but mm-hmm. there's there's some connection mm-hmm. maybe there for sure. Um, well, all right. That was, uh, that was a lot, a lot of money talk people. Mo- hey, <laughs> money. money, money talks <laughs> yeah. and, and people want to talk about money. So any, any final generosity, uh, comments before we, before we sign off here, Brent, you know, my, my challenge to the church early in the sermon, uh, was if you don't tithe, do it for a month and test the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, you know, take up that challenge, I think, mm-hmm. uh, and in or, a, in a Malachi three ten sense, not a Deuteronomy six sixteen yeah, sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, let the Lord show. It's like a father inviting his children to, to let me let me show you how this works, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I um, I didn't tell. Let me tell this story. Okay, this is kind of funny. Okay, I didn't tell the story in the sermon because it, it didn't really fit anywhere. But um, uh, I kind of have a similar situation to this, but my buddy's situation, I think. Uh, this it's, it's a little funnier, but had a guy who got saved, started coming to the church, uh, wanted to be faithful in his giving, started hearing about that, learned about that. So mm-hmm. I'm going to commit to give you 10%. God, he had his own business, construction business. He was given 10% for years. Well, mm-hmm. then his business took off and he was making tons and tons of money, right? Mm-hmm. Just going, going, going. Uh, well, he came to the pastor and he was like, Hey man, um, I, I committed to give 10% to the Lord, but like now my thing's so big, my business is so big. I, I can't do it. It's too much. Uh, he said, I'd be given all, you know, all this, all this money. And the pastor said, man, I understand that. I said, let me pray for you. And he said, uh, he said, Lord, we're so thankful for so-and-so. Um, would you, would you help him to make less money so that he can give 10% again? And the guy was, and the guy was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> that's funny you know and so that's like that you know that faithfulness a little be faithful in a lot and so yeah, it's like yeah. hey prove it now but then also keep doing it yeah yeah um and so man I, <laughs> when 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 i was poor when we first got married and we're living on love and mac and cheese 
Um, <laughs> it, yeah. It, it was a difficult thing for, for mm-hmm. me to go, man, you know, we don't have that much to spare. Um, but you know, we really want to try to do this. And the thing that I've noticed is what I said earlier, we do it and we just don't miss it. Mm-hmm. Like we think we would. Mm-hmm. And, and I think if I didn't do it, um, I think all that extra money I would have, I would also, it, it like, it wouldn't, it somehow just like wouldn't amount to all this. I think it would amount to. Oh yeah. Um, and so I think, uh, the Lord has been faithful because I, I always have what I need. Mm-hmm. Um, I pay all my bills. Yeah. And, uh, so test my challenges, test him, give. There you go. Well, thanks for joining us this week for the recap. We hope this conversation has encouraged you to keep striving to make Jesus essential in every aspect of your life, 100% of it. If you aren't a part of our church family, we'd love to meet you on a Sunday morning. We gather for worship at 1030 a.m. For more information, you can go to myfellowship.church. We'll talk to you next week. Be blessed.